KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. All right, so help me through this again. Chag Sameach. Chag. So chag means Chag. You got to put the in there. Come on. So hard. <laughs> We're not. Microphone. My like vocal cords ha- don't know how to do that. It's Chag. 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 Sameach. Chag Sameach. I got to put a yes. little. There. Oh, okay, good. There it is. <laughs> I was and trying then, to say, Hadas, there's really no correct phonetical way to spell out the ch sound. When you look at phonetic <laughs> spellings, like the best way you can think of it is, all right, I've got a hairball in my throat. How do I get rid of the hairball? Right. And that's how you get it. Right, there, there are two sounds in Hebrew that we don't have in English. It's the ch and the r. So we don't have those in English. But Chag means holiday, Sameach means happy, and so Chag Sameach, holiday happy, means happy holiday. Chag Sameach. See, now I'm going to be mentally obsessed with you this the rest be, of the day. You can make it like even, we could take it up a level and you can say Chag Hanukkah Sameach. Chag Hanukkah. So, let's see, I'm, I've got to, I got to load up Come a little on, bit here. You, you were doing good, you're Chag, doing. Load up some fluff. <laughs> it's Chag Hanukkah. Chag Hanukkah Sameach. Very nice. Happy a holiday. Happy Hanukkah holiday. This is The Rundown, Philadelphia's local news podcast for Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. It's the first of the month. The holidays are in full swing. And yes, that includes Hanukkah, which started just this past Sunday. Now, Brian... Your family's been celebrating. First of all, happy Hanukkah, sir. How do you celebrate Hanukkah? Well, this year I'm sporting a couple nice friendship bracelets on my left wrist that my kiddos oh, made those for are me cool. on the first night. So that was lovely and very cool. But so far we light the candles every night. The kids are really into it. We sing some songs. I don't think my kids knew if we gave them truth serum that – in some families, you get presents more than one day or after the first night of Hanukkah. I think they were really geeked up for the first night because they knew they might be getting some presents. But then on the second, I was like, oh, we do this again. And then third night on Monday, it was like, oh, yeah, where are my presents? Where are my presents? So I think now there's this uh, this interesting dynamic and expectation that the Seltzer parents are trying to work through with their toddler twins. I remember as a kid – when I knew nothing about Jewish culture at all, just being jealous of people who celebrated Hanukkah because you get more, you get eight nights of gifts. Like, why do we only get one on Christmas? And obviously, there's a lot more to it than that. But that was all that I knew at the time. Then in college, I had a lot of Jewish friends, and all I really knew was that I would get to eat the extra latkes that they made, <laughs> which are amazing, and I need more of them in my life. The food is always what I'm here for. And we're going to talk about Hanukkah and get more in-depth about what Hanukkah is, why it's celebrated, what the celebrations are about, what's happening throughout the Philadelphia area, and why this year it's extra important to celebrate a lot more louder and a lot more proudly the celebration of the Festival of Lights. We'll get to that on today's podcast, but first, let's get to our rundown of today's headlines. And we lead off here with the Pennsylvania Supreme Court reinstating the school mask mandate, as if we haven't had enough confusion about this. First it was on, then it was off, then it was sort of on, sort of off, and now apparently it's back one more time. I feel like we need one of those uh, 
signs that says like X number of days since the last <laughs> mask <Yeah>. mandate debate. <laughs> but the latest is that the Supreme Court has reinstated the stay on the mandate. So the Commonwealth Court said that schools were going to be able to decide for themselves. That was going to start on Saturday. But the Supreme Court stepped in and said, you need to wait until we hear this case involving this lawsuit against the Department of Health. That will be heard next Wednesday. So you'll probably hear another update from us on Wednesday. It would just seem to be very helpful if we could wait and delay some immediate gratification stuff until all of this plays out. We've been doing it for so, so long. And here comes Omicron, oh, by the way. And right, I don't think we're going to be out of the weeds with the coronavirus for who knows how long until it officially is put out to pasture. So, And the back could, and forth is the worst, I yeah. think, that especially for kids and schools that have had such intense debates over this already and then the state made a ruling and then it changed and then it changed back. I feel like either direction, let's just make a decision. We will continue to keep up on this because I'm sure this is probably going to change at least two or three more times before we get to Christmas. We talked about young kids, and now we're talking to college kids. As a Philadelphia nonprofit has asked college students what they want to see in the future of this city. This nonprofit is called Philadelphia 250 because they're the organization planning for the upcoming 250th anniversary of American independence right here in Philadelphia, as we know is the center of independence. So they went out and they set up at Saxby's locations on college campuses across the city, asking for what they called declaration donations, which are basically just some ideas for Philly's future and what you want to see by 2026. Now, I noticed that cultural integration was kind of a common theme. Here's what some students said. I just hope that the city uh, gets to integrate better all communities in all spaces of the city, be like living, working, leisure, and, and studying. We don't see a lot of mixed culture like in the university. Our neighborhoods are still a bit like you can see different cultures being in different neighborhoods. So I hope that by then everyone can be everywhere. What I think is pretty cool is that, first of all, Saxby's is based and headquartered in Philadelphia. So great to see a locally based company trying to do something to spur some innovation here. I also think a neat point that was made by Nick Bayer, who's Saxby's CEO, is that there are thousands of kids who come to this city. Think of all the colleges that are in Philadelphia and people who come here to get their higher education. It can't hurt to get some fresh ideas. And I think that trying to get these college kids who are coming in from out of town to bring ideas and fuse some new ideas into a city that at times can be a little bit parochially minded, that's great. And one other person who also was a part of this was a gentleman we spoke about not that long ago here on The Rundown. It's everybody's favorite trash man. That we're at zero litter, that uh, sanitation department has doubled in workforce, we have standardized cans, and that we have eliminated illegal dumping here in the city. Of course, Terrell Hagler would go out and participate in this, you fave trash man. Anybody could go in and give their declaration donations. You fave trash man did, even though he's not a college student, and lots of other people of all ages did. He sees a future for this city that's a lot cleaner and a lot more organized, which is something I think no matter what your age, you could certainly ask for here in the city of Philadelphia. We go from keeping things clean and looking at your future to the present. And of all the things that we're either short on, we've had issues with, whether it's the supply chain problems, people are trying to get Christmas gifts or Hanukkah presents or whatever. There's one other thing that we could be facing a shortage of heading into a very crucial time of year. Liquor. 
We <laughs> have a possible nationwide liquor shortage, which three weeks away from Christmas and a month away from New Year's Eve Yikes. <laughs> that's not the, good. That's not I good guess. at all. This is not what the people need this time of year. We need to be able to end the year on a good note. For some that might not involve alcohol, totally understand, and some might involve a little dollop here or there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've seen this a lot lately. There was a wine shortage before Thanksgiving. You know, we we get all these reports of your Thanksgiving turkey is going to be more expensive. Your Christmas tree is going to be more expensive this year. It's just the reality that we're living in, I guess. And I, I feel like we find a way to work with it. Like my family is not going to not have alcohol. So we will, if we have to brew it ourselves, we'll figure it out. That's right. I find out that Sabrina's running a, a secret speakeasy and we're act- <laughs> she's, she's actually a bootlegger. She's running <laughs> a prohibition unexpectedly here. I'm not the biggest drinker in the world. So maybe for me, that's not as big of an issue. But I know plenty of people where they're not picturing a New Year's Eve without either vodka or tequila or some sort of rum or whether it's the light liquor, the dark liquor. You need something to help get you through the end of what has been just another incredibly wild year with the pandemic and everything else we've had going on around us. For all the stories, including the ones dealing with whether it's no liquor or the Pennsylvania Supreme Court reinstating mask mandates or all the other news happening around the Philadelphia area, you can find that, of course, on our website. KYWnewsradio.com. Coming up next, however, we're going to talk about some holiday celebrations that are happening with or without liquor for Hanukkah this year. Stay with us. I'm Jay Scott Smith, along with Sabrina Boydserka and Brian Seltzer, and you're listening to The Rundown. And welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Jay Scott Smith, here with Brian Seltzer and Sabrina Boydserka, and tonight is the fourth night of Hanukkah. Now, to tell us more about how Jewish people throughout the Philadelphia area are celebrating Hanukkah, we want to welcome back in KWW's Hadas Kuznets. Hadas, it's good to have you back on with us. Great to be here, Jay. Thanks. And happy Hanukkah to you as well. Thank you very much. So how has your family been celebrating so far? Hanukkah is a really joyful, fun holiday, especially when you have kids. Uh, We lit the candles. We ate fried foods, which is mandatory. In uh, it's true because it, did you know that, Jay? I did not, but already you have my attention on this. Okay, so you have to eat jelly donuts and latkes and all kinds of fried foods because it it is all part of commemorating the miracle of the oil. Hmm. So you do that by eating fried foods. You know, this year Thanksgiving was very close to Hanukkah, so we had an we had an art project, and um, I have the family make. These menorahs dipped in paint, these tiles. If you're hearing us on the radio, you can't hear it, but here you can see it. We're going to have to get some pictures of those to, to share along with the audio here because they're, they're beautiful. That is, that is really them. cool. Thank you. So we, we made them on Thursday. I sealed them and finished them up with these uh, nuts, and then we uh, lit them together as a family. We got together on Sunday. Those are really cool. And it's fun. So presents, lighting candles, eating fried foods. There's, you know, it's a very colorful, fun holiday. It really is. I mean, I a lot of people may know the basics about Hanukkah. I know only so much about it. It's I know it's the festival of lights. It lasts eight nights. I think of Adam Sandler <laughs> once did a. I think he once called cra- eight crazy nights talking about the Hanukkah, song, yeah. the, the Hanukkah song, the famous Hanukkah song. There's the jelly donuts that you've mentioned. But I think a lot of people get tripped up on the dates because. I'm so used to Hanukkah being in December. I can't recall the last time it started 
basically right after Thanksgiving. There are some years it's early December. There are some years it clashes right with Christmas. There's- there are some years that it happens during Thanksgiving, and we like to call that the Thanksgivica. Ah. <laughs> it does happen often. Uh, so November and uh, Dece- or December, that's because according to the Jewish calendar, uh, the Jewish calendar goes by a moon calendar, not a sun calendar. And so uh, Hanukkah starts on the 25th of Kislev, uh, which often falls at different times of the year because the moon calendar is 28 days, while uh, the Roman calendar is 30, 31 days. So it, it kind of shifts itself. It's very interesting. And I know that it's not uncommon in the mainstream for people just to view Hanukkah as just a, quote, Jewish version of Christmas. I mean, one of the reasons I tend to bristle when I see the term happy holidays is that all I see are Christmas decorations. I don't see a menorah anywhere. I don't see any representation of Hanukkah. It's just Christmas stuff. But the holidays are very different. They have different origins. Christmas is obviously the, the celebration of the birth of Christ, while Hanukkah is a celebration of, from what I understand, it's like more perseverance and survival. It is. So if you actually look closely driving through Philadelphia and in the suburbs, uh, while you will see lights everywhere on people's houses, if you look in the windows on the houses that are not lit for Christmas, you might see a menorah in the window. And that's part of the holiday is to, you know, it's not just to light the menorah, but to light it where other people will see it. So you might see people displaying their menorahs in the windows or having an electric menorah so people can see uh, because that is part of the holiday. Well, this is a holiday that um, happened after the Torah was written. So it's uh, it's not like one of the major ones. It's a big celebration. It's not considered one of the main holidays, but it is a lot of fun. And um, the story as it goes, is it, it has to do with the destruction of the, the temple, it, the, the rebuilding of the temple uh, before common era of the second temple and King Antiochus is the one who was uh, with his, um, the Greek Syrian oppressors. He didn't want the Jewish people in Jerusalem. It was Judea. Now it's known as Israel uh, in the capital Jerusalem to practice their religion. They had to do it in secret and study in secret because, you know, they would be killed if they were uh, learning about it and they wanted to uh, preserve the culture and so they did that by uh, hiding their studies with the dreidel game, which I'm sure you've heard of dreidel, but that's where it comes from. It's kind of this cover for studying uh, religion. So the, the matchup between the, the Jewish army, which is the Maccabees and the Greek Syrian oppressors was kind of like a David and Goliath type of a matchup. And uh, I believe it was a three-year war. And uh, when the Jewish people were finally able to reclaim their uh, their temple in Jerusalem. It was a great like celebration. It had been desecrated. And then the light comes from wanting to relight that eternal flame that is supposed to be lit in the temple. So as the story goes, the legend is there was a child that found a little bit of oil that was only supposed to last one night. Uh, and it took eight days to go back to town to get more olive oil, I guess, to light the eternal light. And that oil lasted for eight days, which is a big deal. I mean, and we've seen the memes, right? It's like uh, you've got, you know, 10% battery on your iPhone, but it lasts for a whole week. (laughs) That's like a miracle. It's crazy. If I could just get it to last an hour at that point, it would be great. Right? Exactly. Just one more day. So that was was the miracle of Hanukkah. Now, Hanukkah, from what I understand, isn't even considered the highest Jewish holiday. Right. 
actually, if you really want to be PC and you want to say happy holidays to a Jewish person, you do it in September when the big holidays happen. So the Jewish New Year, the Jewish Day of Atonement, like there's a whole slew of holidays that happen in uh, September, October. Uh, this is a minor holiday. Like I said, it, it's not in the Torah because the events of Hanukkah happened after that was already written. Um, so it's more like a, uh, a minor fun holiday and it's about religious freedom. So how are people celebrating Hanukkah locally? Uh, well, there are a lot of candlelighting services that are taking place, uh, like public candlelighting services taking place all through the area in Philly and in the suburbs. You can uh, check out Chabad. Chabad is an organization that um, kind of accepts Jewish people of all levels of all sects, if you will, um, to kind of celebrate with them. So there's a kind of Chabad in every community. There's a Fairmount one, Center City. There's one in Montgomery County. There's you, you can look up uh, all the different there's like so many of them candlelighting services. There's also a car parade, a menorah car parade. So this is this is fun. Uh, Hanukkah can be very campy and fun. And uh, this is kind of a tradition that started, I believe, in New York in the 70s, where you know, part of it is to kind of show that you're Jewish and to put the menorah out there. So um, I believe it was the Chabad organization in uh, one of the sects in, in New York. They decided to put these giant menorahs on their cars and drive around. And it wasn't like an organized parade back then. It's evolved over the decades. And now we actually have one that's been going on for, for a while now in Philly, uh, the annual car parade for Hanukkah. It's not always on the first day. First day, they usually have like a lighting. It happens sometime in the middle of Hanukkah. This one is happening on Thursday in Center City. I believe they're driving from the art museum to Old City and back. And they have these giant menorahs on your cars. There's also one that's happening in Montgomery County tonight. So if you want to watch, you're welcome to come out and watch. If you want to participate, you just reach out to your local Chabad organization and they will give you a car menorah that you can put on top of your car and drive around. And you might see these walking around the city, uh, these cars with these giant menorahs. It, it's very campy. Hadass, on a previous episode, you've talked about how you're a dual citizen from both here in the United States as well as in Israel. How is Hanukkah observed there as opposed to here in the U.S.? So it's very different to celebrate Hanukkah in Israel than here because it's all about Hanukkah. There's no Christmas that um, has to do with that. And, um, you know, they, jelly donuts in the windows, it, they're called sufganiyot in Israel. Everybody knows, every, like, you're just like, I'm just going to go get a sufganiyah, like at every corner bakery there in the windows all the time. Also, as, as you know, because I've been on the rundown uh, talking about my recent trip to Israel and I brought some props here in Israel. So this is the dreidel, right? I bought one in Israel because they're different. Hmm. So in America, the dreidels have four letters on them, um, which basically translate to a great miracle happened there. Anybody who's Jewish that has played dreidel before, it's usually, you know, nun, gimel, hey, shin on the Israeli dreidels, which I brought for my kids. It's a nun, gimel, hey, pay, which means a great miracle happened here because the great miracle happened right there. It's right there. It happened there in Jerusalem. The question is, are the terms, Sadas, of engagement for playing dreidel still the same in Israel? Do you get all? Do you have to give half? Do you get none, even though the letters change? Yeah, I mean, they, they all end up being like everybody eats them all at the end, right? Because you're playing with chocolate coins. So like make up your rules as, you're as you may. It's all it's all going to end up the same way. The little kids are going to eat them all. But yes, yes, you have, you know, there are rules of the game. Half the whole thing, 
you get nothing, you put one in, but it all ends up, you know, eating it all. This is so cool because it's like I'm still – I even at my age, I'm still learning more about these things. I was in third grade. I had a classmate, a young man who was Jewish, and he kind of explained some of dreidel to me. But obviously that was 1987, so it's been a while. So I've got to catch up like, on if, that. But If you come to my house when all the cousins are around, you can um, get into a serious game here. Like they get the chocolate gelt. There are like 11 uh, nephews and nieces and, you know, don't get them started. My, my uh, brother, he's like very good at kind of refereeing this game and you spin, you put it in, you take it out. It's, it's basically, it's a gambling game that we teach our kids. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything about that, but you know, <laughs> so what's not, what, we're not nothing if there isn't a little action on something these days. It's just right. how that goes. And the thing is, as beautiful as Hanukkah is, as beautiful as the celebration is, and really getting to understand how people really commemorate this holiday, there's still a bigger picture developing here too. So a few weeks ago on KWW In Depth, we heard from Holly Huffnagel. She's the director for combating anti-Semitism for the American Jewish Committee. And in October, they published their first ever state of anti-Semitism in America report. And here's a clip of what Holly had to say. The first top line takeaway is that anti-Semitism remains a problem uh, in our country. So three years after uh, the Tree of Life shooting in Pittsburgh, which was the deadliest anti-Semitic attack, that was really the genesis uh, for doing this report. We found that it remains a problem. In fact, in the last 12 months, uh, approximately one in four American Jews have been targeted by anti-Semitism and 39 percent. So four in 10 have changed their behavior out of fear of anti-Semitism. That was the, the real big takeaway. And yesterday there was a menorah lighting ceremony with city leaders to shine a light on anti-Semitism. Here's Philadelphia City Councilman Alan Dom. Hanukkah is a time to remember the many difficulties Jewish people have had to endure, but also acknowledge what we've overcome. I'm reminded of the story of my grandfather who came here in 1917 from Warsaw, Poland. He was one of nine children, and his brothers, sisters, children, and parents were all killed in concentration camps. Anti-Semitism. Now, this comes only a few days after a public menorah was also vandalized in Lancaster. Hadass, what is the meaning, or should I say, what meaning is Hanukkah taking on this year? in the Jewish community in the light of this spike in anti-Semitism over the last couple of years in this country? It's been a difficult time for the country in so many ways. We've got COVID. We had, you know, social and political unrest, um, racism, and of course, anti-Semitism. But uh, it's been a difficult time. And I'm so glad that Alan Dom brought up like the most horrible thing that happens when you have uh, propaganda and uh, scapegoatism is the Holocaust. So, you know, anti-Semitism can either be that extreme, end up that extreme, or it could be, you know, bullying in the schools or little incidents, um, discrimination. And it, it seems to be very pervasive. So I, I see it, I, I got to say, in left politics and in right politics, it, it's kind of this scapegoatism. And it tends to happen, I got to say, historically, if you're going to ask me, like, why do I think it's happening now? And we see this in not just anti-Semitism, but racism and all the other isms that uh, I, I feel like when there's some sort of uh, like economic issues in the world, there's always like a, a look for a scapegoat. So when there's like economic troubles or when there's big disparities, this is when we tend to kind of see this type of stuff. 
And uh, there have been some issues and big disparities. And it's not a surprise to me that now we're starting to see anti-Semitism. But this is in particular with the rise in anti-Semitism. It's important to remember that Hanukkah is a time to kind of shine a light on that. I spoke with Rabbi Shia Deitch of Lubavitch of Montgomery County, uh, who said in particular, when you're facing anti-Semitism, the best thing to do is to point it out, to be proud, to not be ashamed, to not slink down. The best way to combat anti-Semitism is to be proud Jews. And when we go into hiding, when people make anti-Semitic remarks, we just give more strength to the anti-Semites. If you shine a light on the problem, it helps to make it uh to show what it is and to make it, uh, to extinguish it. Uh, and and you, Jay, Jay, what better, what more way of being a proud Jew is there of driving around the city with a giant menorah on your car? <laughs> and you made a really good point there that there is a history here in the United States when things go bad, whether it's 9-11. Around the world. Or around the world too. And, and, and when you look at the United States where 9-11, it was Muslims and Arab Americans who were the targets. Uh, historically, immigrants, especially Mexican Mexican and Latino immigrants, are often targeted in bad economic times. Racism has just been a thing in this country toward black people for as long as it's been around. And we've seen it in the last year and a half where the a level of violence and racism toward Asian Americans has been it in a It has to spike. do with this idea of the other, the other, the other person, the, the immigrant, you know, the boat people of the 19, you know, 30s and 40s that didn't have a homeland. And uh, when you have this type of thinking of the other or you don't consider certain groups as human beings, that's when the anti-Semitism comes out, the racism comes out, um, and very dangerous things can happen from that. And that's why it's so important to shine a light in the darkness. That's what Hanukkah is, is that's, that's the whole point of it. You know, there's a, there's a saying, it's part of Judaism, it's this kind of notion, it's called uh, it's tikkun olam, which literally means healing the world. And so it is a Jewish concept to make things better in the world when they are not okay. And so like dealing with anti-Semitism and dealing with social injustices, that's a very Jewish concept. So particularly during this darkest time of the year, which, you know, I got to say a lot of religions have like kind of these notions of light uh, in the dark. And uh, Hanukkah is no different, like shining a light in the darkness when the days are the shortest uh, of anywhere in the year in the northern hemisphere. It's a very important, you know, time like you shine your kindness on the world. That's how you shine your light with kindness, with goodness, with acts of so-called tikkun olam. So for people like myself and others who may not fully have an understanding of Hanukkah, we're still kind of learning as we go here. What are a couple of things you su- you would suggest to those of us who are interested in learning more about Hanukkah? I've learned a ton in just this conversation here. Well, make a friend. We live in a very big urban city and Philadelphia has like a lot of Jewish people in it. Uh, it's not like living in the Midwest. So, you know, befriend someone who's Jewish. Ask them, ask to light candles with them. You can learn more. You can always reach out to the local synagogue or to your local, you know, Chabad organization um, they have public lighting ceremonies uh, all over, all throughout the area. Uh, but I think the best way is, you know, make a friend and go to their house because that's where you'll have jelly donuts, latkes, which is fried potatoes. Who doesn't love that? And, you know, 
kind of get a sense of what it's like to be in the family. The family stuff is so much fun. Adash, you had me when you mentioned the food. Like I said, every jelly all... donuts, souvgani oat. Yeah. Thank you so much, Adas, for joining us to talk about this and help shed a well, to pardon the pun, shed a light on really not just Hanukkah, but just the the idea of battling something as as virulent as anti-Semitism, especially at a time of year where there's should be a lot more love and a lot more good vibes happening. I want to thank you so much for once again coming on here with us on the rundown and happy Hanukkah, by the way. Thank you so much. Hanukkah ends on Sunday night. It's an eight day holiday. So if if ever there's a time to like really find something to do, I'm sure there'll be a lot of celebrations on the last night of Hanukkah, uh, especially since it's on a weekend. One other thing, Adas, how can people follow what you're doing and get in contact with you? Follow me on Twitter at Hadas Kuznets. I'll post all of my uh, my stories, my updates, and you can message me there. You can also see pictures of those really cute menorahs that your kids made, too. That Those are adorable. I'll post those. <laughs> and The Rundown is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcast. The show is produced by Brian Seltzer and Sabrina Boyd-Circa. The director of podcasting for KYW News Radio is Tom Rickard. My name is J. Scott Smith, and you can follow me on Twitter at J. Scott Smith, and it's Real J. Scott Smith on Instagram and Facebook. You can hear me every afternoon on KYW News Radio, 103.9 FM, 1060 AM, and on the Odyssey app for Philadelphia's Afternoon News. Once again, that starts at 3 p.m. You can also follow The Rundown on Twitter at The Rundown PHL. Again, all one word, The Rundown PHL. Listen right here on the Odyssey app or just about wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jay Scott Smith thanking you for checking out this Wednesday edition of The Rundown. The Rundown.